Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome to Episode 75. Are these six things in your strategic plan? You may have heard the phrase strategic plan before. I talk about it a lot. Not enough, though. A strategic plan is the front half of any good business plan. But it's probably the most poorly thought out part of most business plans among CPG startups. The ones I've looked at seem to be copied from an investor pitch deck. Hmm. A document about the world you want investors to see. Sprinkled with carefully selected tidbits of reality. Uh, Not good. But very common. Most phase one and phase two founders spend a ton of time pitching their business and its bright future. Most of these strategic plans, quote-unquote, do not rest on a solid understanding of the brand's fans or your key operating category in an omni-channel universe that we live in today. Look, when you're starting out, you're in pure experimentation mode. I talk about this in my book. The plan should be, at that point, merely a hypothesis that you're willing to throw out once you've had a chance to measure actual consumer reaction. On this episode, I want to get a little more didactic than usual about this planning thing. Because it's 2023 planning season, folks. Oops. You should already have a sense of your 2022 numbers as long as you're in phase two, three, or four. But especially if you're selling more than $5 million in annual revenue. I want to share my take on a strategic plan's key components and how they affect the entire business plan, including the exponential growth elements that I discuss in my book. So here goes, the strategy. For me, a strategy is simply a competitive theory of how you're going to capture dollars from other categories with a specific consumer audience. In my book, Ramping Your Brand, I boil this down to using initial sales and research on your fans to isolate your high-value outcomes and the attribute outcome signal tied to heavy usage among your fans. This becomes the behavioral basis of your business growth, anchored primarily in product and packaging design. Later, you can use marketing efforts, including paid ones, to accelerate trial and the broadcast of this attribute outcome signal. The second component are top-line revenue goals, okay? These need to be realistic based on category, case studies, broker data, and your degree of competitive advantage in the category. If same-store sales growth is in the double digits for your business and is driving most of your growth, I believe you may be a candidate for acceleration to exponential growth. Of course, you do need to be ready to supply this growth on the production side and to fund that kind of growth. It may not appear to those of you in phase one, but it's actually easier to sell in 100% growth to new accounts than it is to service those new accounts professionally and keep them supplied. Third, you need a 4P playbook. How will you plan to pursue the strategy, the theory, the competitive theory that you set out? As I discuss in my book, the pyramid of causality in consumer packaged goods begins with product, including its packaging symbolism. This needs to be unbelievably memorable to minimize your need to pay for awareness. You need early fans to do your marketing for you through word of mouth, especially when you're in phase one. And you can barely cover fixed operating costs, which I'll talk about in a bit. 
this 4P playbook needs to very clearly delineate your product line, the list of UPCs, the ones you consider the hero UPCs, and their key competitively advantaged attribute or attribute mix. Again, iteration and research will allow you to really refine this. Second part of the playbook is your placement approach. This is essentially what they call a sales plan by channel and by relevant retail banners. The third element will be promotion at the trade and consumer level. And the fourth element will be pricing based on the channels you're in, including relevant temporary price reduction plans that most retailers are going to basically force you to do, but there's a way you can do them strategically to increase fandom or to reward fans, not anybody who shows up. Those are the three elements of your strategic plan. And they rest on very solid understanding of your competitive advantage within your category. Essentially understanding your category context better than buyers and at least as good as your most successful competition. Now you have to create an operational plan to go make this all possible. This is the plan that tells your team how you're going to produce the required and gather the required units to pursue the strategy. An operational plan should contain a detailed map of your supply chain and all of its costs, especially the variable ones and those subject to market forces, such as the unprecedented black swan ones we've seen in 2022. It should contain a unit production plan to provide excess units into storage beyond your target revenue goal. It should contain a very clear understanding of your cost of goods and your gross profit per unit because the latter will inform your budget heavily, <laughs> I hope. And it needs to isolate and clearly spec out and probably pad the working capital assumption to fund the operations that we just discussed to pursue the strategy that you have outlined. Now, I want to talk about budget a little bit, mainly because strategy Exponential growth strategy requires a specific approach to budget, which is beyond a survival reality. When you're thinking about a lean business that's trying to get as much of its operational expenses from gross profits and then getting investor money to fund the luxurious elements that fuel acceleration, here are my notes. You manage a budget as you grow quickly through the phases one through four that I outline in my book. It's essential to keep your budget minimal in phases one and two so that your gross profits can cover fixed operating costs of running the business. You may raise money, I understand, and you probably should, to cover minimum order quantities initially in your category to get this thing going. But high fixed operating costs, I assure you, will drive you quickly out of business, including things that you should not be paying for, such as boutique salaries that you can't afford in those phases. These are the phases to sweat like hell, even if you raised seed money. Save as much of that seed money as you can for later. Once you've learned from your fans what you have, how to iterate, how to fine tune this thing, basically save the seed money for when you actually know what the hell you're doing. Look, as my friend Doug Raggio has said, you should start with $300,000 to $700,000 in seed money if you're trying to do a physical products business or don't even bother. Now, that's my personal opinion too. The number one way to ensure that you never make it through the death funnel 
it is to try to start a business like this on a credit card or in a small home equity loan. It's not enough cash. The second note I would say on managing you know, high growth budget is don't spend dry powder you do acquire from outside investors and angels and family members until you know what will grow the business by using that money. You need to keep it as dry powder as much as you can and have cash on hand to cover unforeseen issues in the supply chain like we've seen in the last two and a half years, but also to allow you to seize unexpected opportunities once those market signals come in. Once you see the effect on local store velocities of doing low-budget whoop-it-up field marketing events, then that is your signal, for example, that you need to start funding that and scaling it up. Thirdly, cost of goods sold and freight have risen a lot in the last year. This is not news. So it's critical to have a solid, even pessimistic understanding of your gross margins, folks, so you know how much cash you're working with to support growth. Many early stage brands have lost points of gross margin just this year. So the playbook you're investing in has to be even smarter and more efficient based on small tests, which you can do in your home market before you wander all over the country with them. And this is especially true given that less money is available right now, this year, to founders than ever. That won't last forever, but this is not a great year to raise money when you're really young. Finally, my final budgetary comment is that you need to forecast the financial impact of risks to any component of your plan. So it's great to have a competitive strategy that's professionally done with solid category understanding, but you need to be able to sit down and look at the risks of that strategic plan, risks which vary by category and the competitive positioning you've chosen. So the biggest annual risks in on-channel CPG brands include things like, hey, targeted retail accounts decide not to take you, or more troubling, you actually find you have to walk away from a bad deal at an account you otherwise were trying to get into. Another one is gross margin loss due to sudden COGS increases. A third, required funding doesn't appear on a desired timeline. Production ramp up, it's an obstacle that you didn't foresee at your co-man. A major retail account rollout doesn't go as planned and leading to poor velocities. Uh, new UPCs get delayed in their commercial production and validation due to unforeseen quality issues. And so does their added forecasted revenue. When you do this homework every year, your budget will shift to include cash on hand for emergency issues. Trust me. This in turn will change how you think about fundraising and especially the timeline. The time to raise money for a skate ramp business is not when you need it to service a new account. You should already have the money. Or why did you add the account? And it's not to cover fixed operating costs that are way too high because you are running a BMW operation that you don't deserve to have yet. Please don't do that. You should always be networking for cash all the time. Not asking for cash, networking for it, and then collect it well before you need it, at least a year before you do. And that's where good planning cycles will help you because you can see, if you do them now, for example, you can see well in advance what you're going to need in the back half of 2023 to fuel growth in your business and to pursue that awesome competitive strategy that you have built by talking with your fans. <laughs> That's all I've got, folks. And please, oh, remember, always be safe out there. 
Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founders quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.